Father, we thank you this morning that because of the cross, God, that no matter what we're going through, God, that we can turn our eyes to you and we can say that you were good. God, when the world may fall around us, we know that what you paid on the cross still stands and we can look at that and say you were good. And so I thank you this morning, God, for all that you've done for us. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for joining us. And we ask, God, that you'd speak to us through your word this morning. God, have your way in us. We give these things to you and we ask them in Jesus' name. Say with me this morning, the word of God, the spirit of God, the people of God are all we need and we need each desperately. So from the word today, we find ourselves in 2 Samuel chapter 2. We've looked at the last couple of weeks, chapter 1 of 2 Samuel, and we know the story of the lion Amalekite and how he was trying to get a good standing with David in, uh, by uh, telling a lie, and uh, he experienced the consequences of that lie. And then last week, we talked about the lamentation that David wrote for all the people of Judah uh, to be able to sing through the years, to remember Saul, to grieve. And uh, we learned a few lessons there. Sometimes when we're looking at the life of David, we learn what to do, and sometimes we learn what not to do. And, and David, even though he's a man after the Lord's own heart, and we'll get to that down the road, we see clearly that uh, uh, he had some, some strengths and he had some weaknesses. Well, today we see one of those strengths, and we see the lesson uh, being very clear about what David did to begin taking those first steps to being the leader of Israel, to being the king, to being uh, the actual leader of Israel. Now, it was not easy. It was not easy for him. Uh, you can just imagine the turmoil that Israel found itself in. And we're going to see a civil war take place. We, our own country, we, we know how difficult it is on a nation that experiences civil war. Uh, transitions in leadership are difficult. Uh, nations today have all kinds of pains from changes in leadership. I know our country has always had uh, a boastful uh, uh, pride that we are one of the few countries in the world that can have an honorable transition of leadership. Now, as time's going on, uh, we're going to see that to be a real test to that, uh, uh, that code that seems to be held in our country, that we just transfer leadership from one group to another and move along. We're seeing some struggles in that. It's difficult to rebuild nations. Our history tells us that, doesn't it? It was very difficult to rebuild Europe after World War II, after World War I. It, it, it's very difficult to get things back in place, to get leadership back in place, and get people back in gear, back together, back working together. It's just hard to do. And David, if you just think about all the things that have happened in the life of David, 
all the things that have happened in the nation of Israel with the problems with Saul, the problems with the enemies, uh, the victories and the defeats, and, and now the loss of King Saul and the change in government which is about to take place. It was a very difficult time. And so our question needs to be today, how did David do it? How did that happen? What were the steps that he took initially to get him in the right, heading in the right direction so that he could uh, take the throne again and be the leader of the nation of Israel? Well, chapter two gives us his first steps. And in these steps, we find that the steps are simple, not complicated. They are simple, not sophisticated. And, and that ought to be encouraging to everyone. You, you might find yourself up against a real challenge soon. There's a real obstacle, a real difficult deal. What are your first steps? What are you gonna do? Well, now we have in the scriptures most things that we are to do. We, we know we are to believe, we are to have faith, we know we are to hope, we know we, know we are to have uh, trust, we are to obey him, we know that we are to live according to the spirit, uh, we know we're to be a good steward, we know that we are to forgive, we know that we're to love our enemies, uh, we know that we are to treat other people the way we think we want to be treated. Uh, we know that we are to make disciples. We know all the things that, that the scripture lays out for us. And, and the good news, I believe, is most of our decisions have already been made for us, right? We already know. We already know how we're to respond in different situations. The Bible has laid it out for us. But the 10% is, is difficult. Things like, where are we gonna live? How are we going to approach the problem? How are we gonna deal with the situation? We know how our heart needs to be, we know where our focus needs to be, but, but, we, but the 10% is not lined out in scripture. We have decisions to make. We need to know where to live, we know, need to know what kind of job that we need to have. We know, need to know how to approach it. In David's situation, David needs some guidance to help him know how does he rebuild this nation? How is he going to position himself in a place where, where people are going to receive that, that he is the anointed one, that he is the king? Lord, how do you want me to do that? And that's just how he begins. Simple, not complicated. Simple, not sophisticated. And we start there in verse one. After this, after Saul has died, after the lamentation, after uh, all the dust has been settled. And, and of course, here David is living among the Philistines still. He's back in Ziklag. They put it together. He's there with at least 600 of his men. You remember that he took all those that didn't fit in anymore, and in that cave, they just started showing up, and he had to train them to fight. He had to train them to be this, this mighty army. He's got at least 400 in really good shape. Remember, 200 aren't, 
aren't in as good a shape as the 400. And, but he's got a, a, he just got just a Heinz 57 group of people with him. And, and he's, got, he's got his wives, their wives, their children, their families. And so he's got 600 fighters and, and he's probably got two or 3,000 other people that are there with him. And he's responsible. And so here he is. He knows that God has anointed him to be the king. But how's this going to happen? How's this going to work out? I mean, what are we going to do here? I, can, I, I just imagine David being in quite a difficult place. But after this, it says simply, David, ask the Lord. Should I move back to one of the towns of Judah? That's what he did. He just simply prayed a simple prayer. Lord, should I move back to one of the towns in Judah? What should I do? Do I stay here in Ziklag? Do, are you going to use me to rebuild the nation of Israel from here? Or do, do I move to one of the towns of Judah? And the Lord answered back, yes. Yes. Move back to Judah. Then David asked, which town should I go to? And the Lord answered, Hebron. So David began this huge assignment to rebuild the nation with prayer, with simple prayer. Lord, what do we do? That's where he began. That's where you need to begin. That's where I need to begin. When we find ourselves up against a great challenge, it may be a challenge within your family. It may be a challenge at work. It may be a challenge in your own personal life. Lord, what do I do? Don't take a step forward. Don't take a step trying to figure things out. Don't even start analyzing anything until you say, Lord, what do we do? Do I move back to Judah? The Lord says, yes. Where? Where do I move, Lord? The Lord said, Hebron. That's what needs to happen. That's the first steps. Now, there's going to be a lot of logistical decisions that are going to have to be made to get those 2,500 some odd people, Heinz 57 people, from Ziklag to Hebron. They've got to organize. They've got to mobilize. They've got to get everything together. They've got to have enough water. They've got to have enough food. They've got to have enough this and that and the other. They've got to decide the best way to travel. They've got to do all that. But the assignment has been made. The first step is to move back to Judah and move to Hebron. So it says in verse 2, so David went up there. So he went. He took off. That's what they did. He prayed. He says, Lord, what do we do? Move back to Judah? Yes. Where? Hebron. 
And so David went up there and he takes his wives, Anahim of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. And David brought up his men who were with him, everyone with his household, and they lived in the towns of Hebron. Now, Hebron is not the goal. Hebron is, is not the final destination. It's the first step to the final destination. In a few weeks, we are going to, to read the story of David moving this uh, capital from Hebron to Jerusalem. And what a joyous occasion that was for David. But he's going to be in Hebron in this capital. This is going to be his capital city. This is where he's going to rule for seven and a half years. But Hebron is a strategic place, 17 miles south of Jerusalem. Close, but not there. Closer today than it was back then because of cars, buses. But back then with a donkey and on foot, it, it, it's a good day's ride to get there. He wasn't to begin in Jerusalem. That would have been a mistake. Now, you see here in this scripture, David didn't second guess the Lord. David didn't become paralyzed by overanalyzing his situation. He just simply prayed, Lord, do we stay here or move back to Judah? The Lord says, move back to Judah. Where? Hebron. And he goes. And he's got so many people with him, they can't find enough lodging in Hebron. So they've got to be in all the surrounding little villages around Hebron. But he sets up his first headquarters in Hebron. Begins with prayer and then follows prayer with obedience. Remember, it's not complicated, it's simple. It's not sophisticated, it's simple. That's what David does. Then you begin to see after David knows where God wants him, he positions himself, his army, his people where God wants him, that then God begins to work. You see in verse 4, And the men of Judah came, and there they anointed David king over the house of Judah. And so God began to work the plan. you got to put yourselves in the right place for God to work the plan. What God desires from us is our seeking his face. He desires that we pray. He desires that we ask of him, Lord, what do you want? What a great prayer for you early in the morning when you wake up before you face today. Lord, what do you want from me today? Lord, do I go to work today? <laughs> yes. Do I go to school today? Yep. Be responsible. Do what you need to do. Lord, if you send me something today, open up my mind, open up my ears, open up my heart. Help me to see what I need to see today. This is your day. My life is in your hands. My circumstances are not my own. I am under your guidance. One of the reasons why we get ourselves so in such difficult places is we don't begin with prayer. We don't begin by seeking his will seeking his pleasure, seeking his direction. 
We just go about it the way we think it ought to be done. And, and, and we may have the ability to reason things out and to, to, to get some, connect some dots, but that's not what the Lord wants from us. He wants us to seek Him first and, and discover what He wants for us, and then we start putting those things together to get us where from, from point A to point B, whatever God wants to do. It's simple. It's not complicated. It's simple. It's not sophisticated. Lord, what do you want? Lord, do we move? Yes. Lord, where do we move? Hebron. And he moves. And he positioned himself where God wanted him to be. And then God begins to work and he sends the man of Judah to come and anoint him to be the king. What a day of celebration that had to been for David. What a great celebration. It's been a long time coming. There's been lots of heartache. There's been lots of trials. He's had lots of long nights wondering how in the world all this was going to work out. He's had to live in caves, for God's sakes. He lived with the enemy for, for a year and three months. He, he had to... to to, to go against his own convictions and, and, and deal with the Philistine king. He knew he was wrong, but he had to keep on going. He struggled with his pride. He struggled with his stubbornness. He, he's been in the wilderness, for gosh sakes. And, and finally, finally, things begin to line up. And, and he's put in the right place. And finally, he's beginning to see that the promise that God made to him so many years before is now beginning to take shape and take form. And so he prays, Lord, do we go back to Judah? Yep. Where? Hebron. He goes, and then they come and anoint him as the king. That's the way the Lord works. If you look at the life of Abraham... Simple steps of faith and obedience. Not all the answers. Abraham didn't have it all clearly marked out for him. He didn't know from one day to another what was taking place. He just obeyed and just followed and allowed the Lord to make him the father of a great nation. With so many, you can't count them all. It's the same with all. It's the same with Moses. It's the same with Joseph. It's the same with all the Bible characters that are in the Hall of Fame of Faith in Hebrews 11. They just simply heard from the Lord and did what the Lord said to do. Simple, not complicated. Simple, not sophisticated. We can make things complicated and we don't hear his voice. We can make things sophisticated and we can make it where it appears that everything looks right, but we haven't sought nor heard the voice of the Lord. The voice of the Lord. And so once David is in the right place at the right time, look what the Lord does. He begins nation building. In verse 4, when, Dave, when they told David, it was the men of Jabesh Gilead who buried Saul. 
Verse 5 says, David sent messengers to the men of Jabesh Gilead and said to them, May you be blessed by the Lord because you showed this loyalty to Saul your Lord and buried him. He begins to reach out to the ones that are most likely to embrace his kingship. That's what he does. Isn't that interesting? I think you'll discover that when we seek the Lord and we get his instructions to how we're going to, to handle this complex matter in our life, it's simple, not complicated. It's simple, not sophisticated. We ask, we obey, and, and we begin to watch the Lord work that, that the initial steps are going to be the things that are right in front of us, the things that look most reasonable and most obvious. And it was reach out to the men of Jabesh Gilead. They're the ones that, that risk their own lives to go get uh, David, uh, Saul, and Jonathan off that wall in Bashan. And they're the ones that went and put him under that tamarisk tree and buried him. They're good people. They're faithful people. They're loyal people. There are people you need to begin with outside of your own army, David. And it was brought to him. It's when he heard that they're the ones that did it. When he got that information, with the men came that, that anointed him king, and they acknowledged him as king, they recognized him to be the king, that God had his hand on him. They said it was the men of Jabesh Gilead that took care of Saul and his boys. And that's where he began. He says, may you be blessed by the Lord because you showed this loyalty to Saul, your Lord, and buried him. And he says to him, now may the Lord show steadfast love and faithfulness to you. And he says, and I will do good to you because you have done this thing. Now, therefore, let your hands be strong and be valiant for Saul, your Lord, is dead and the house of Judah has anointed me king over them. He gets them on board with him. He begins to rebuild the nation. And it was simple, not complex. It was simple, not sophisticated. Just following what the Lord wanted done. So prayer, prayer, begin with prayer. It's as simple as, Lord, what do I do? Lord, how do I do it? Lord, what turn do I make? Lord, what decision do I make? Lord, what's next for us? Lord, we've, we've got this problem at work. Lord, have we got this person, this person disagreeing on what to do? Lord, where do I go? What do I look at? What do I see? Lord, do I... Do we move back to Judah? Yep. Where? Hebron. Let's go. Let's go to Hebron. Can you imagine some of the people in the group going to Hebron? Why? I don't know. Why are you taking us back to Hebron? The Lord said to. But it doesn't make sense to us. We should go to Jerusalem. It's what the Lord said. Talk to him about it. He said to go to Hebron. But... 
Why move twice? Let's just, let's just trust the Lord and let's just go on to Jerusalem. And David would have to say, nope, we're going to Hebron and that's it. We're going to go to Hebron and we're going to see what the Lord's going to do at Hebron and then we'll move after we know. But, but he's told us to go to Hebron and that's where we're going and we're going to do what the Lord says until we know different. You know there was a lot of tension and a lot of anxiety in the group because they're people. They're people. And along the way, there's lots of anxieties. There's lots of tensions. But there's more when we haven't prayed and we haven't asked and we haven't had him give us a word. Then we're like that ship that's tossed around on the wave. We can't stay steady. We can't stay on course. We're unsteady in all our ways. Simple, not complicated. Simple and not sophisticated. David takes the first steps to the throne. Prayer, obedience, and the Lord starts to work. And David just responded to what he saw the Lord did. Help us, Lord, to know how we are to respond to different things. Lord, give us direction May we seek your face in a way that, Lord, you provide direction, that you provide what you want, Lord, that you reveal it to us and you guide us to make those first initial steps that are so important to handling life's challenges, problems, trials. We praise you and we give you glory today. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, come forward.